Welcome to We Shadows, the podcast about design and technical theater in the Twin Cities. I'm your announcer, Anita Kelling. In this episode, Liesa Baron sat down with lighting designer Aaron Belpedio. Together, they explore the rewards and challenges of illuminating our stages in the age of uncertain and ever-changing technology. This conversation took place on January 9th, 2021. Welcome to our podcast. Uh, today we're talking to Aaron Belpedio, who is a lighting designer and lighting technician in the area. How are you doing today? Good, how are you? Pretty good. Um, if you could start us off by explaining um, what it is your job in like layman's terms. So for someone who doesn't really work in theater or maybe works in a different part of theater and never worked in lights. Can you um, kind of explain what that is? Yeah, so I do uh, several things within the lighting field, um, lighting designing. So I actually get to like design the lights and um, sit and program those into um, a show. I also am an assistant lighting designer, uh, which for certain companies I get to work for and um, assist their lighting designer um for the most part i just do a lot of paperwork a lot of excel sheets and tracking spotlights and cue notes and work notes and all that stuff uh during the tech week um additionally i'm an electrician so between doing work calls to set hang lights and focus lights and perhaps set up practicals um do that for a number of different companies. And then sometimes I'll run Spotlight um, for um, theater productions, um, primarily musicals. Um, sometimes with larger um, like bands that come through some of our venues uh, that will need spots, we'll run those. And um, yeah, so that is that's pretty much what I do. A lot of the times um, I do multiple things. Yeah, you fill in here, there, there. Um, what would what actually is a practical for somebody who's never heard that word? Yeah, a practical. A lot of the other things sound like most, maybe not, but are a little more known. But that's something that's very unique to us, I think. It is. Um, a practical is usually a, uh, I guess in short terms, like a like a sconce light or like a chandelier that's in a theater set. Um, we wire that, or it could be something like kind of special, like say it's um, like we have a building that's going to move freely and we need some lights that are in it, but they needs to not have cable attached because it needs to move around the stage. So we'll set things up so it can be wireless or just, um, you know, like there's lights on a tree branch and some mm -hmm. kind of fun little projects like that that tend to... Uh so the lights that we physically see, like on a stage, like the Christmas lights, or the, yeah, like Christmas or lights or chandelier, light lantern, or whatever. Mm -hmm. Cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, when you so you are actually from the Twin Cities area, yes. correct? Yeah. Like you grew up in this area. Yes, was there ever a time that you like had decided that you wanted to work here, or was it kind of like? 
I went to, so I went to school at Gustavus, and a lot of, um, a lot of us from there just kind of go up to the cities just because we, it's such close proximity. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I went to grad school, and in grad school, I kind of always knew that I wanted just to come back to the Twin Cities, mainly because I had already made some connections from undergrad, um, up here that was to you, whether that was, you know, people at Children's Theater or just other folks that are just freelancing in the in the community. So I, mm -hmm. I kind of always figured that I wanted to come back here, um, knowing a um, variety and and um, the amount of theaters that we have and the possibilities of work. Yeah, it was it was never really I didn't I didn't want to go to another city. It was sort of like yeah, I'll just come back. Plus, all my family's here, so. It so just kind of makes sense. <laughs> Very convenient, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Did you go to undergrad with the intention to do theater, or was that where you kind of, like, did you find theater before that and decide uh -huh. to do lighting, or was that kind of like a, where, when did you start deciding that lighting was the thing for you, I guess? Yeah, so uh, back in high school, in 11th grade, I was like, I want to do something not acting, and my sister was going to do something in acting, and then... Um, she didn't get into the show, but I was like, well, I guess I'm still doing tech because I said I was going to. And the, the folks at the theater were like, hey, we have a spot on the light board. They can on the light board. I was like, okay. At that point, you just kind of ran the show. So you, you called the, sh called the show to yourself, I guess. Um, I did that for a year and I was like, oh, I like that. And then just basically bored up for two years, and then I got into college and was like, I got a theater scholarship for essentially pressing the go button, which was kind of nice. So you're like, thanks, guys. Um, but I mean, we had to do stuff in college, too. So, like, I bored up at Gustavus, and then by the time I was picking a major, I had enough theater credits, and I was like, well, I can do theater stuff. That'll work. Like I have to do, I have to get a, I have to take enough stuff or do stuff for my scholarship anyway. So it sort of made sense. Mm -hmm. um, and I picked lighting because um, I'd board up. And at that point I had assisted on a, I think two shows. So I sort of had a little more like, here's how the, like the design process works. Mm -hmm. um, although at that point I had not designed anything. Um, so I just sort of, I guess, yeah, I pretty much got thrown into lighting being like, cause we have an open spot and I liked it enough that I stuck with it. Yeah. Um, and then got to college and learned more of the design process. And then because I picked being a theater major and because we had to pick an emphasis, uh, which I chose lighting, uh, you had to do a design. So, you know, you kind of got that experience and those yeah. experiences went really well. So I was like, all right. <laughs> Like, I guess this is what I do. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. No. Mm -mm. <laughs> um, when you, so you got design work in college, did, is that where you like kind of started with building your own network of people or how do you kind of make sure to keep your network going of either people and getting work through said either network or whatever? Yeah, no, uh, yeah, we, we learned, um, not learned, um, so my, my advisor, Trina Wilkins, Agnes Davis, um, had connections with Dave Horn at Children's Theater, because they went to, uh, St. Cloud together, so we would meet Dave at, like, USITT, so we got to know 
children Sidhu and then eventually um, some of us did internships there which was also a nice kind of in that's kind of how you get to work at children's interning which is awesome um, so we would get those connections and when that's how also we met Roger Roosevelt was through USITT and also him being like a Stavis alum um, so a lot of it were like kind of those kind of theater connections mm-hmm. and then when I finally got done with school slash came back from grad school a couple years later um it was it was basically through those children's theater connections and also between like Kiki Kloon who she and I went to school together so her connections that she knew were people that she had worked with mm-hmm. and eventually she ended up moving for a time out of state so she was like you you're coming home I'm leaving here's work <laughs> So Here's some I, of the people I normally talk to. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, let's um yes. So I literally got handed the Bloomington um assistant show. She's like, I'm going, but Erin's great. You should you should uh, look into her resume. So they did, <laughs> and then I was there for like five seasons. It was lovely. There you go. Um, but no, a lot of a lot of it was just kind of who you knew, and you worked with somebody on one call, and they're like, great, you want to be on my call list, and you just kind of picked up picked up folks. And since a lot of us electricians kind of work um, all together, you tend to run into the same people. And a lot of us will be like, hey, I'm maybe assisting on some, or not assisting. I'm working on a show and I need electricians mm-hmm. from a show, you know, in a couple months or whatever. So you just kind of hire the people that you work with, um, which is really great because you know how they work and also you know that you want to hire them so it's sort of a uh, it's a it's a nice little system that we got that i don't think happens in a lot of other fields even within the twin cities yeah um or as often i should say um so yeah that's pretty much a lot of my connections are people that i've worked with in other theater companies that we just had to hire each other or they work at other companies and they'll bring you in yeah um that's a lot of how most of my connections kind of started slash keep going I guess yeah Um, I suppose it is more common it is a lot more common for lighting yeah designers uh at different levels but a lot of lighting designers also work as electricians where it's not as common for set designers to also be carpenters like there are some for sure but it's not as common there's a lot more carpenters and so we don't or carpenters tend to stay at one house like we work at this place or this place yeah they don't yeah move quite often yeah I feel lighting's um really kind of cool in that way at least at a lot of levels that a lot of us look at that we still design slash um do electrician work mm-hmm. um where we get to kind of kind of double dip yeah. um and uh but you also get to know people and i guess different um you know you get to know people and like hey you you do a lot of Amy work or mass electrician work and I want to hire yeah. you for a show or, or whatnot so uh, yeah, yeah have those conversations over coffee break and lunch yeah. break about what else they want to do besides want to do. electrician work yeah and I suppose it's you're getting to use a different part of your brain when you're being the designer compared to when you're being an electrician yes and so is that kind of nice to sometimes not be the person in charge yeah sometimes it's super nice to just go to work and then you get to leave and it doesn't matter yeah, if you it didn't get job. done, you got as much as you could do, right? Exactly. Like, there's some things that I'm like, yeah, I prefer to do, say, assistant designing work over electrician work or whatever. Like, yeah, there, there's stuff that I'm like, 
I like doing this over that. And I know some people, like, they don't want to design. They're like, I'd just be happy as an mm -hmm. electrician or whatever. And it's kind of great that we have that opportunity. Yeah. Um, you don't have to design if you don't want to. Um, yeah. Or vice versa. And sometimes it's kind of nice not to have to design because, like you said, you just done at the end of the day. That's definitely true. Um, <clears throat> are, have you noticed um, things, I suppose in lighting, a lot of things have changed. Um, but have you noticed a lot of things that have, like, changed in the way your um, practice and the way things work in lighting have changed since you started um, working in that field? Yeah, I'd say um, mainly the gear. Like, LEDs have become more prominent. Like, mm -hmm. when I when I started, started, like, when I first started board apping, there were no LEDs. And that would have been mid 2000s you know like the ion hadn't come out yet and the yeah you were on you know the older edc products so like you learned a lot of convention obviously conventionals and like normal lights as it were um but all that extra technology just didn't exist yeah. <laughs> so between you know even within like you know the next 10 years or less um just all that that's come into the, the industry and having to either learn that by either you working for a company that happened to have that light board yeah. or that gear. And that's kind of a lot of, uh, it's kind of how you had to pick it up or do pick it up. It's just like you happen to work at a company that has that stuff so you can play with it because it's obviously you don't own it because it's expensive, yeah. um, which is it's great space for all those lights oh, that'd be lovely um uh, <laughs> i wish i had a skew um with that much skew uh that i could play with but it um i think that's like it's a good thing but it's also a bad thing because like you don't like if you don't have access to like say your company you work for don't have leds like you probably don't get to learn about those and play with those and get to learn mm -hmm. and program them but if you have places that do you know you get really good at it yeah but um but when you don't have access to it, it's a little bit harder to to learn and yeah. or do it quickly. So, like, when you have access to it and you're like, you have three days to put up a show, <laughs> you're like, oh, this is going to be a problem. But uh, Yeah. But uh, I suppose, <laughs> do you still run into a lot of the conventional lights? So, if someone works in a place right now that's already LED everything, mm -hmm. they should probably still learn the other stuff. Yeah. Because yeah. it's still out there a lot. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, like, I... There's only one house, the, the Phipps Center for the Arts in Hudson. Wisconsin is like basically an all-in-LED house. So they're the only house that I know of, uh, at least that I've looked at, that has all LEDs, which on that front um, means that you just have to program more. So you're like, oh, this is great. But, but now you have all that extra programming of like, oh, I need to... Yeah. I need to make, you know, separate files that just have all color and patterns and, you know, focus points and a whole bunch of extra just programming stuff that just takes a lot longer. <clears throat> so it's like, it's really great on that end, but on the other end, you have to do more programming. Yeah. But then if so, you suddenly forget about conventionals and you go back to a house that has conventionals and you're like, oh, I have to pick out gel color and mm -hmm. these lights might not be as bright as what I'm used to because, you know. To not an LED source, so yeah. yeah, I the LED and conventional is definitely a more of a mix, and in most houses, like they might have, you know, a cyclite or something, so you don't even get a whole, 
you get a you get a slight mix of both, but it, yeah, it, so it's, you it's still kind need of, to know both. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. yeah. Have you um, noticed that if in the Twin Cities that we have a lot of um, women who work as lighting designers? Is that I don't know how much you know outside of this um, of our area. Is that common in lighting, or is that something that's kind of different? Um, in our, um, in your field or our city, maybe. Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I actually don't, I don't quite know the answer. I know for like the amount of people that I work with that are women are quite high, mm-hmm. um, between them as lighting designers, but also just uh, electricians. There's a lot of us, um, outside the Twin Cities. I don't actually know. Um, I went to grad school out of state, and there we had in in our program at least. I mean, we had a good. It's about a good, at least 50-50 split about men and women, mm-hmm. just in that um, program. But um, I feel it's still more of a male-dominated field. I think there's more, obviously, women, like, especially at the, like, the really high, like, Broadway, you know, for the regionals uh, level, yeah. probably more male. Uh, but I think from a lot of um, designers that we get coming to town that I've um, been able to work for and with in in other uh, companies, um, I I think there's still there's a there's a good number of women that come through, which is great. But I actually don't know what the the specs, the are. actual stats on yeah, that. I'm not yeah. not quite sure if no. somebody's uh, figured that one out. But there's no, someone out there that that knows what that is, uh, and that's yeah. fine. Um, have you um, noticed that it's that it feels like. I suppose with our our city, we're fairly comfortable with it being either the woman is in charge or not in charge, and like the other people, the other you know, in a sense, the men on the crew, you're not ever noticing any difference between that. They no. seem to be fine with it. They don't care. I, I, I don't like think so. Life. I think it. I mean, I feel like the only times, not saying it's an issue because it, I don't think it, it's not an issue. It's maybe perhaps if it was like somebody new in this role that they just haven't worked with yeah um that happens to be a female um but i don't think it has anything to do with that i think it just has the the more to do with like we just haven't worked under this book yeah i don't don't know nothing to do with like (laughs) anything else except the fact you're just a new person um but no i mean a lot of the calls well no i mean the it's a good I don't know, mix of working under both yeah. male and female okay. folks, which is, and a lot of the time you're like, they're mostly like house crew folks, so like they, they're not house crew, but like, not saying they belong, they, they, they work in one space or another, so, um, I don't know, you're just like, yep, that person, they belong yeah. in this space, and you're like, okay. Like, they belong here, you belong, belong there. Yeah, like it's, it's yeah. <laughs> there's there's not much of an issue. Yeah, it totally makes sense. Um, in your in your early years, did you ever have anyone who you would like look up to as like a mentor, or or someone that you kind of worked with a lot? Um, and was that helpful for you, or did you not have that kind of mentorship with someone? Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I, so like Gustavus, um, T, who's my advisor. You know, um, because we won't, you know, 
which were for use uh, with the, the theater department, um, theater and dance department. Um, so we worked really well together. Obviously, that's kind of started off that um, mm -hmm. more, you know, university level of um, just learning. And then um, when I got in the Twin Cities to freelance, um, working at artistry because I got to work under um, at the, uh, the first couple of seasons, it was with uh, just the same couple lighting designers. So I got to work with Mike Brogan a lot and Grant Moges and um, still get to work with them, which is great. Um, and just being able to, to learn how they design um, mm -hmm. as an assistant uh, and just getting to work, work with those folks is um, it's really great. I yeah. wish I get to assist with them more, but well, not right now. <laughs> right now it's a little tricky. Right now it's a little tricky. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Totally get that. <clears throat> um, do you notice that there's a lot of differences in the way, like different designers to design? I guess that's yeah, a, that's a yeah, that's an accurate description. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I've worked with the I've worked with the I don't know maybe like half a probably less half a dozen designers on several occasions mm -hmm. and a lot of them yeah they they have their own kind of way of designing a lot of it kind of boils down to like paperwork like how they okay. like deal with paperwork so that you can you know kind of follow that um or just how they talk in terms of like i don't know just because a lot of times they'll talk to you about um like either work notes to take down or just like uh like things that they want, I suppose, uh, done. Yeah. Um, Their priority list might be different than yeah. the way somebody else would prioritize things. Right, or, like or even just like how they book like cues, because you track half the time you're tracking that information. But so it's, um, I don't know, a lot of it's just like you communicating with them, or sometimes you're basically just listening. You're not really talking much. You're just sitting and listening. You're saying yes. Yeah, I'll yes. You're just, yeah, you're just, just a lot of writing and typing. Um, uh -huh. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely say there's some that are like, I don't know, you just click, click a little bit easier, mm -hmm. and it's, you know, it's it's hard to like. Basically, I, there's not one right way. Everyone no, kind of has no, their own. No, you kind of find your own way to do stuff, and whatever works for you. And it's it's always interesting going in as a new like assistant because you like something you're learning very quickly how somebody works in a couple of days and try to have to well keep up essentially and yeah to, to shift to, the way your brain works because you uh, design one way I'm assuming yes so the way you would take some of those notes or the way you would maybe program are going to be different than how somebody else would do it so you have to kind yes. of like get out of my designer brain get into my assistant, assistant brain, brain. Yeah. and then adjust for said designer that I'm yeah, working with exactly yeah it's yeah. somewhat easier than others like some you're like just kind of <laughs> it's, it's you know it's old hat like you're just like okay yeah. we got this and then others you're like okay what do you what really what do you want like okay you want these at what number I don't know yeah a lot of the time yeah. you don't um I don't think I well no I shouldn't say that I have programmed for the designers usually as a programmer so you come in and board up for them and you know, they're, mm -hmm. talk, they're talking in your ear about, like, what levels they want to see on stage, whereas a lot of times assisting, you just get to sit and basically write all that stuff down, 
in case they they missed it with the programmer and in case the programmer didn't catch it okay. yeah and having to take notes so they can do that so the the assistant isn't, at least the way you have been assisting, isn't always the person who's programming. No. Is that correct? Correct. More often you're not. You're just like another set of ears. Yeah, you're, you're sitting next to them at the tech table, um, pretty much just taking care of any sort of paperwork, um, whether that's like, hey, we need to add a light here, and we need to make a note so the electricians in the morning can, okay. can do that job, or just being as you're sitting through tech, and you're like, basically taking notes of like what we need to ch- change or adjust or add. Um, sometimes they take their notes, but usually you're the one just sitting um, doing that. And a lot of the times you're also like talking to spot ops and tracking what they do in paperwork form so they can have that information at the end of the day for your stage manager. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, once in a while, I don't think I've ever had it where I've had to board up and assist at the same time though. A lot of the times if I board up, were you programming too? Um, mm-hmm. Doing tech, it's just an, it's another job. So there's a, there's another person doing that job. Yeah. Yeah. So, but but when I'm designing, I usually have to assist and program slash board up doing tech for myself. A lot of times when you design, you're doing all three <laughs> yeah. positions in a sense instead yeah. of instead of just one. Yeah, and position. sometimes sometimes I you have to hang your own lights too. So mm-hmm. you kind of you're kind of doing everything under the sun, except running the show. Except running the show. Yeah, you get to leave at the at opening, which is great. <laughs> that is helpful uh, to be able to leave at opening. Yeah, be there. It is nice to leave. <laughs> do you a lot of times end up building your own practicals, or do you send them off to someone else when you have practicals? Um, the shows that I design. If there's a lot of practicals, um, it depends on what company. Uh, some companies, they're TDs because a, a lot of the practicals will come set-based. Mm-hmm. Like It'll be like, for the set design, we want these LED lights and these portals. And mm-hmm. the, the scene shop will deal with that. So they'll even like... Basically, they'll just be like, here's how many channels you need. Yeah. If you need more than one channel, so then I don't have to, I don't actually have to go and sit and wire them. They get to do that for me, which I very much appreciate. Um, <laughs> but if it's like some high school shows, usually, usually it's all scenic based, so the, the TDs just take care of it. Um, or I know I have to run a, you know, we need power to these three sconces or something, so I, I do that part, but they'll, they'll yeah. put it all, you know, attached to the wall for me. Yeah. Um, it's very rare that it comes from my end of things. Like, I don't think I, I can't think of a time where it's been like, hey, I really want the chandelier that didn't come, yeah. with, you know, a spot. There wasn't already a chandelier in the set design. Yeah, right. you don't usually be like, I would like to add a chandelier. Yeah, that, I don't, I can't, th- can't think of it. I think, <laughs> I think the last show I worked on, we were like, it would be nice if it had some sort of like sconces because the walls are kind of like, eh. But we don't have time, so we're just like we're gonna we're have to deal not, with that. Right, we're just not, we're just gonna put other stuff on the wall. Not a not that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, okay. it really comes. I think. Yeah. So usually, sometimes sometimes I'll actually have to like put them up myself. But usually, if it's the you know somebody in the design team knows they want it, they'll scout it out and 
Yeah. Find what they want. And I suppose that's a early conversation that you try to have. So like when you get either the set design or or the props design and someone says, oh, this lights up. You're like, okay, so who's lighting it up? Does yes. it come pre-lit up? Like, are you buying a thing that's already wired and everything? Or yeah. do I need to do X, Y, or Z? There's a couple, some of the high school shows when I would get Mom's Puck Academy, like last year, two years ago, I guess now, um, when we did Chicago. And for scenic design, my scenic designer, she wanted some, like, movable set pieces that also had lights on it. Mm-hmm. That, that flashed and like kind of neon she wanted some neon lights so we knew that a couple months in advance so I knew that with the schedule that we usually dealt with I was like I need someone else like I need an actual master electrician yeah you can help source what we want because it was it was a lot of money also we knew that going in to building mm-hmm. building all these little extra fun things that she wanted and um so I was able to hire somebody who was able to um to help create those and make them all wireless and yeah and stuff for, for the high school kids to to use um, so things like that we like we knew this was a special thing and we can make it happen but we needed extra people because of um, time but also like I didn't have time to yeah we can design that but I'm like I don't have time with all the other stuff that I do um, yeah that makes sense so luckily we can actually hire out. and I'm guessing sometimes that's a conversation of like where whose budget it's coming out of a lot of times it should be one or the other but like it's a conversation you should have earlier Mm -hmm. in the process and in that collaborating time like does that pay for it does props pay for it does is it somehow costumes because it's in a costume that lights up I mean I don't know Uh, (laughs) I think on that show I think we split it I think the chunk of it came out of mine but also I think some came out of um, scenic because it was yeah. yeah technically mine but it was also it was a scenic thing so it was I'm pretty sure we split some of it, it we, we moved around some some numbers so it all worked out so yeah I've had conversations with people where they're like well it should, set wants it so they should pay for it but there was times where it was like no the director actually wanted it but they don't get a budget Right? So right. how do they have to pay for like, uh, the director told me as a set designer, I must have this thing light up. So I was like, okay, I'll figure out how to do it. But I don't have enough money to make this light up. You I've know, had that issue mainly with like video. Okay. Directors like, I want video. Like it is going to be a thing for whatever. Yeah. Like, but then you're like, but we don't have a video tech. Okay. Like there's no yeah. me doing video on the show. So suddenly it falls to me because it's sort of lighting. Uh, well, but it's a light mine. involved in it. Well, that's what they thought. And you're like, that's what they always say, yeah. them. And they're like, I don't have time. Uh-uh. And in the end, that for that particular show, it, the director kind of just did it because I was like, I seriously do not have time. Like, I told you that months ago. Yeah. And the show's in rep and this and that. And you're just like, so they kind of dealt with like finding the images they want. Because on one hand, you're like, well, you, this was your idea. So you, Go find the things. Yeah, I don't know what your vision is. I don't know was. what you want. Like, I know what you want, yeah. but, like, you know really what you want. So instead of playing this kind of guessing game of, mm-hmm. is this what we really want for this thought? Like, yeah. So they went and found it, which that was good. Yeah. I but suppose I, video and projections is probably one of the other things besides LEDs that have happened a lot more. Yeah. And that is usually a conversation of, like, are we hiring 
yes. a projection designer? That Are is, we? That is what I lean towards. If they have a little budget, or if they've already thought of that, is to mm-hmm. actually, if we have, I prefer if you get the option, if you feel like we want projections all over the place, hire somebody to do that. Yeah. Whether that's, say it's your senior designer for some reason, if they have time, or just hire someone else to do that because yeah. it's a it's a separate job. And hire them early, correct? Yes. Especially um, well, especially if you want like we want, you know, film content that pertains to actors and it's it's yeah. not just like stock footage or whatever. Like you want you want you know, the people the actors that you're dealing with and you want it to look a certain way, obviously. Yeah. One and I'm assuming in in the lighting um designing as a set designer I can sort of add projections on top of a lot of sets mm-hmm. laid in a process it's not ideal but I can yeah um but as a lighting designer that would change I'm assuming a lot of your lights because of where you can shoot them and how you can yeah because it's another light you have it to is. fight and with, I right? think depending on how like you know if it's if for scenic wise if we're like okay we're having some panels on the side that we're video projecting on uh-huh. In the front, you're like, okay, cool. I can kind of, you know, obviously Ignore not like there. Right, yeah. but if it's like we're having this giant screen up stage center with whatever's on it, uh-huh. and people can stand in front of it in theory on the platform, like that's a huge difference. Yeah. And then you're like, but we don't have space behind it. We can we can't backlight it, so it has to be lit from the front, which is like, well. Can nobody stand there? Because I'm just going to wash out if you need someone standing in front of this. Yeah, now I can't. They're going to show a shadow on the screen. They're also going to do X, Y, and Z. We had that conversation recently with the show that I also did. And projections eventually got cut, which we were all like, we're okay. Because that show was videotaped. So we're like, oh, but guess what, guys? The video is going to pick that up differently. Yeah. So we had that issue. We we looked at it and we're like, "It's, it's not worth it. Like... Yeah. They were only going to be like kind of title blocks, anyways. And the scenic designer was like, I'm totally okay with cutting it. And the director was, we were all fine with cutting it. But we had that realization we're like, ooh, it might look fine on, you know, sitting in an audience, but now that we're filming it. You need a different kind of projector for film to oh, film because yeah. otherwise it doesn't pick it up as nope. much. Yeah. Nope. We're I like, don't... ooh, that's not, that's, that won't be successful. So yeah, we're like, well, that one's, we that. tried. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. And uh, it's definitely one of those things where um, I've had a lot of times with, it's not even always the director, but somebody, when we're trying to solve that one problem of like, how do we make it snow? Or how do we make it blah, blah, blah. And they're like, well, let's just make projections. And you're like, they're not actually as fast and easy as people think. Yep. And so... It's not a quick and dirty, it's not a fast solution to a problem. And so a lot of the times <laughs> it's, it's, that's why we need that conversation early in a process. And I, there were some it's shows that you like, you've had projections and it's been really, really successful. Mm-hmm. And then there's other ones that you're just like, hmm. and now that was either because it was executed, you know, not saying poorly, but. Not as you, good as it could have been. Not as good as it could have been. Yeah. We're just like. It was a choice that you like. You really didn't have to, but I've, yeah. I've seen I've seen projections where you're like that's how you use projections. Like yeah, that's and it you know I loved it. Um, but you're right. It it um it's not something you can just easily tweak. It's like no, that's a, that's another day of filming. Mm-hmm. We doing this or that, and 
I think, I mean, kind of like lights where they're like, oh, I want this effect. Can you, can you do that now? And you're like, no, it's going to take 20 minutes to program it or whatever. And not everyone quite gets it. It's not just we press a button and magic happens. I mean, I know, I know the secrets of it. <laughs> you just gave away the secret. It takes time to I, do your job. No, uh, right. <laughs> not everyone gets it. Which is yeah. kind of funny considering a lot of people like, I, you know, they've been doing this a long time. They still like astonish that stuff takes time. Well, it's, it, I think it's because a lot of what you do, they don't see. Right? So well, I'm, they, I, I think they, there's well, a lot of prep that you do on your own before you come into the space. And there's a lot of like time where like, say you're programming a board or doing, um, yeah, programming. My my brain was trying to remember the you're patching. Patching the word I'm going for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're patching a board, uh, which is the connecting the the light power to the board power, so mm-hmm. that they all talk to each other. Yeah. Um, in my most layman terms. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but that's all done by yourself, so it's not like the director or the actors or even again the audience, of course, are not there, so they don't realize that that's. Yeah, I mean, especially, like, high school, where I try to be able to, like, just give me some duck time. Mainly because when you get into, like, tech, you just kind of go. Like, you'll stop and start, but you don't, you know, on, like, say, maybe children's theater, you don't have 12 hours just to, like, we're going to sit and run our entire like you. And we literally stop and start with actors, which is awesome. Long dates, but awesome. So, like, high school, when you're just, like, we just kind of have to go. Because you only have so many hours. You only have so many hours. So I try to actually, like basically write the show beforehand with, like, dummies and maybe some students or somebody on stage, um, which on one hand I really like. But you're right, they don't they don't see that process. So suddenly you're like, ooh, you have magic. Uh-huh. Oh, can you tweak that? And some stuff you can on the fly, but other stuff like, no, that's going to take yeah. a little bit. But on the other can we, hand... Can we do something else while I do this and see right, if it'll just, work? Just yeah. give me five minutes and we'll, we'll get back to that. Uh, but the other hand, it's, it is sort of frustrating because... You know, like, unlike, well, sometimes scenic, for you guys, you the director kind of sees your process, but you're like, oh, we get to go home and make tweaks, and they're like, here, is this, this is what you want? You because kinda... it's a big physical thing, yeah, right. I totally get it. Yeah. Like, they can tell that, like, yeah, it takes an hour, to, or however long, to build a new wall yeah. for there, or paint yeah. it, and they know how paint dries. They know how paint dries, but then lighting, they, like, they're sitting watching you program. Yeah. Well, and for, for basically what? you know, nine times out of ten new shows happen. So it's a, mm-hmm. it's a lot of, like, you're seeing me do my job, and on one hand, either you might have more influence, even though whether or not you know what you want lighting-wise, because sometimes I think yeah. it's great that you have thoughts, but other times you're like, can you just let me do my job? And, like, yeah. it'll it'll be great, I promise. We've talked about what we want with themes or something. Yeah, but I when, know what you, know, you want. Can I get there before you change what I'm designing? Right, like it's, it's still my design process. Like I don't, yeah. I don't care for directors who just kind of sit and like talking to you the entire time. Like, can I do this? Can I do that? I'm like, no, we we've talked. Like, let me. I'm not telling you how to do your job. Please stop telling yeah. me how to do mine. <laughs> some directors, I'm like, great. We just we know what each other wants. Yeah. Like, can I have this? So you're like, yes. Yeah, I call it. You're like, yeah, I know. It doesn't look. You change it. Yeah. Well, but you still like that, like collaboration between yourself and the director early on, because otherwise you're like, I don't know what you're doing with the actors. Exactly. And I don't know how to. Exactly. And there's, uh, 
the show I just did recently that we filmed up at Great Theatre in St. Cloud, we did um, Miracle on 34th Street, which for the most part, because it was filmed um, last month, it was a lot of kind of a, like a stand and talk kind of a, because everyone had a mic, so it was basically no blocking. Yeah. Um, but you did go places, because you went into Macy's department store, and you were outside, so then it was like, you know, having to talk to the director, because I'm like, normally I'd be like, all right, what side of the stage is this scene being played? Yeah. And so really, there was no blocking, because we had to make accommodations for um, pandemic theater. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, just but still having that conversation with my director, being like, okay, so we're going to have some gobos that help now we're in the department store like yeah. this color it's gonna go you know obviously the color is gonna change from day to night because that's all we can do um but mm-hmm. definitely uh, uh, and that show was pretty straightforward in terms of because it's like a realistic setting um mm-hmm. i feel the shows that are like either really minimalistic or you know we're gonna do i don't know some weird time period or no time period or yeah something to that effect um it's really great to, uh, well, obviously talk director anyways, but especially for those those not quite so obvious shows that, you know, might might be different than like we're in a house or it's living yeah. day to night. Yeah, um, we're inside, so we're gonna get lights on in the house or mm-hmm. lights coming in from the windows. Yeah, there, there's not, not going to get talk not gonna be purple all of a sudden. No, yeah, maybe if it's like okay, the actors are actually turn on and off the light switches. You're like, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a couple of shows that I've done like with St. Paul Conservatory for like their J term classes that you basically come in and just program. So it's like you get a script, but like the director kind of knows what they want. Mm-hmm. So you basically a glorified programmer, which is great, because they're like, I want to go, we're going to, you know, in this next scene, we're going to, like, space, and you're like, cool, it's going to be, like, green, and... Cool, I can play with the lights and yeah, see what we can get yeah. close and, and it's space. it's sort of kind of a cut and dry, you know, now we're going to, um, you know, Mars or something, and it's like, oh, it's going to be red, and yeah. it's, it's sort of, it's super, not saying basic, but it's kind of, you know... You have less prep work. You yeah, it's less for that prep project. work. But you have, you know, you might have a rep, so you have lights that are already in place. So you're like, great, I know what they all do. Um, yeah. And those are, I actually kind of enjoy those. Design on the fly kind yeah. of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, with, when you, when you first, like, get onto a show, um, do you usually get to be part of the collaboration really early on or are you usually coming into a show after say like the set designer has designed or the costume designer has designed like where are you usually coming in and and do you have a preference like would you prefer to be coming in earlier or later in that yeah, process? Yeah no it depends I think I feel half the time you come in late like like super late like a month or two before like tech late why? I don't really know. Right, so, you, and I don't, I've had that a couple times, and I'm not sure if it's just, like, they forgot to hire a designer. I don't really know. Like, <laughs> or somebody backed out. I really have no idea. Um, I literally almost did a take there. <laughs> so, I'm not really sure. Um, forgot lights. I, I, I don't really know. I haven't, I have gotten those, but you're like, oh, it's in, like, a month and a half. Okay. Yeah. Um, and obviously, the sets are designed. But I've also gotten ones where, you know, they're starting to build the uh, the design team, 
So, you know, it might be six months out or whatever, or longer, depending if, you know, whoever you work with knows the show, or if it's school, and they're like, next year, we're going to do the show. Um, yeah. And you can talk, you know, talk six months out or whatnot. Um, and sometimes I like those more than I like, obviously, here's a set that we're going to have that you have to suddenly have all these practicals and all this stuff and suddenly learn how to do whatever, because... Yeah. But you weren't a part of that process. Do you be like, hey, we don't have the gear um, to do that? A lot of, the, I think the, the few times that has actually happened and they put all the stuff, like, Scenic knows they have that. So it's not like a surprise, like, you have to go buy thousands of dollars. Yeah, that's helpful with Scenic already. The Scenic no, I have. They have. Yeah. Um, but I have had it the other way with the Scenic designer who's like, I want all these things. And you're like, where are we getting that? We don't have a budget for that. Or we do, but that's going to be your budget, like. Yeah, do you want you're paying for that, right? yeah. yeah, but lights have to pay for it because it's a lighting thing. But it's a right. So it's, um, I mean, on one hand, I I I do prefer at least getting to maybe not like the first couple scenic design, but this this may never be the thing. Like we are literally still in design mode, but I feel half the time you you towards the part where there's at least a couple designs in scenic wise and maybe they're still mm-hmm. adjusting stuff for time or just build focuses or yeah. money um and you still get some input in terms of like is this actually feasible um especially with the companies where you know you you don't have everything like you can't yeah that is a lovely dream but we just don't that's not physically possible yeah with what we have um so I, I guess I prefer that. So I guess someone, yeah, but a I little bit earlier in the process. But mm-hmm. but, but is that is is there anything? Um, I've sometimes gotten to work on shows where early early in the process, before I have designed the set, yeah. I'm having conversations with the lighting and the costume designer. Does that interest you, or is that not something that you prefer to do? And maybe it's if you were being, let's say, if you were being paid for that time, <laughs> let's take the money out. Like it's not, uh, I don't know process wise, like how often you're being paid for those early meetings or if that's, if that's part of the problem, if that's why lighting tends to not be brought in early well, is because lighting is already busy with 75 other shows. Well, that too. Uh, I think that's, that's part of it but I think also it's like because sometimes yeah, I've been at those meetings where like it's basically the initial costume <clears throat> excuse me concept meeting concept kind of thing. meeting, and some days you're like it's great but I don't have anything to contribute because suddenly you're like okay like alright we're gonna do again like say it's an interior set design where it's gonna be a, inside an apartment building and you're like yeah. okay there might be some sconces and maybe like a chandelier or something but and you're like, cool, we have those and we can do that. Like, that's fine. But I don't have anything else to say because it's not yeah. like we're doing some weird show that I need to know that, hey, we're doing weird color schemes and we're, we're doing yeah. some black lines. Maybe if it's, a, if it's less of a, like, a box set or yeah. a realistic world, yeah. if it's more of that, like, abstracty, exactly. weird, weird. off-the-wall space, then maybe you need to be brought in early. Mm-hmm. If yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, because when you suddenly are like, we're doing this abstract thing with 20 million, you know, LED lights that light up that need to be individually controlled, that you like, yeah. that would have been good to know, like, four months ago. Yeah. Um, Why didn't you bring me in? Because now I can't fit. I, I think mm-hmm. part of the thing is, is, like, 
uh, as, as the person, and this is me thinking as a set designer, I need to think if I want to put this in here, I should bring lights in to see, do I need to give them more space here? Mm-hmm. Like, is there space for whatever light I want? Well, space, but also... If I need it to have a light, like, did I build this in a way where she can't ever get the light where I want her? And then I'm mad at her for not getting me lights. Right. Like, or the ones where you're like, no, I need... Well, it's like, especially in terms of, like, I've done, you know, like, puck lights. But they are literally individually controlled. So you have 300 puck lights. And you're like, but I that means I need 300 spaces in my light board mm-hmm. of either channel numbers, so, like, a number for a light... Or data information, so I need three hundred open spaces. Yeah, and puck lights are those like the little tiny. Yeah, the little like small, little small round lights. They sometimes okay. like you know like the clicky ones that you can stick under like your cabinet or whatever. Okay, so they're kind of like that, but you can control them. Yeah, yeah. I don't have to have an actor come in and push that. Button. No, no, that's a lot of pushing lights. <laughs> but uh, yeah. You- so sometimes, um, sometimes you just don't have enough space in yeah. your board. Like you either have to bring more information to your board so you can do that. But sometimes you're like, "That's it. We're capped at this number. Like you just can't." Or you can, yeah. but they have to basically match each other. So. Yeah, these ones have to be friends. They should yeah. go at the same time. Exactly. <laughs> so I suppose it is. It is helpful that like if you can't be physically in those early collaboration meetings for whatever reason that might be, mm-hmm. um, that you are included in the information that is coming out of those meetings. Yeah. Is that usually helpful? So that way you can, re- at least yeah. if you aren't physically contributing in that meeting, but you can yeah. communicate information if they're like, hey, we wa- we talked about this thing. You're like, I have a question. Yeah, with those meetings, if, like you said, if you definitely know there's going to be a whole slew of like extra lighting stuff, that like I'd yeah. way prefer to be in an actual meeting as of being yeah. told that, hey, we're going to put 300 lights in, just FYI. But we're not really yeah. going to change our minds. Like, you just need to make that happen. You're as opposed to you like raising a concern of like, uh, that might not be feasibly possible because of yeah. these reasons. Uh, and that sounds kind of harsh on my end, but some days it's, you know, well, the site designer designer have fallen in love with something. And they can't. There's only so much move. money and so much time. And... Right, but I feel like sometimes, I don't know, no offense, scenic designers and sometimes directors don't get that. <laughs> Especially yeah. when it's you. Like, it's not like scenic design, you hand it off to the TD and say, make this happen. Half time lights have to do it themselves. Yeah. I mean, when, usually those when... projects, you get more people, so there is. Yeah, that's why why that conversation needs to happen, I guess, is that if it's just one person doing it, then maybe we can't do 300 lights. But can we afford to hire four people to help her do the 300 lights? Then maybe we can do it. So there have been those, especially like high schools where they're like, we want these things. And I was like, I mean, you for like four days. Can I teach all your high school kids how to wire LEDs? Either like, yes, we can do that. Or we're like, we don't have time. Yeah. Or the ones I literally come in for three days and like, oh, and all these things. I'm like, well, if you can make that work, yay. I will find power for you, but I do not have time to -hmm. put a whole bunch of Christmas lights in these signs so five of them can light up for five seconds. Like, we just don't have the time. And nobody's, you know, you might notice at the end of the day, but your audience will think it still looks great. So Yeah, they won't know that that thing wasn't the thing that you wanted. They'll know, Mm -hmm. it's a show. show. We enjoyed it. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, sometimes it is great when you can have all that extra light kind of 
fun stuff, but sometimes you're just like, we just do not have the time. Yep. Time and money are totally the things that crunch all departments really quickly. Yep. It's true. You can have all the money in the world, but if you don't have enough time, it's still not going to work. Just and to say, I'm not tons sure. and tons of time, but no money also doesn't work. <laughs> it's funny how those two uh, coincide. But then you've also done shows where it's like, I've had 12 lights. Okay. Okay, I've had one that did like 20 lights when you do a show. And it's great. Yeah. You know. You know, you work with what you have, right? You do. You do. Sometimes those are, those are kind of the best ones. Yeah. Totally. Uh, are, what would be advice or things that you would have, either advice for someone who's new, or what would you have told yourself when you started? Either or. Whichever is easier way for you to frame the thought, I yeah. guess. <laughs> I think, so many things, I guess. Um, what I think is like tracking kind of where you've worked, just either for later, because um, you know, sometimes you have to be like, well, if you worked in the last year and you're like oh everywhere um but also just kind of you know have you worked with that person before or just um you know that's always kind of nice to know although if you tend to work a lot it gets a little kind of too much um and if you're free, a really good spreadsheet really good spreadsheet yeah um <laughs> and same thing i mean same thing if you if even if you like i might go into freelance but i might not mm-hmm. um just tracking all that information of here's how many miles I've driven and here's how much money I paid for food that we went on lunch break and just all that stuff. Because trying to backtrack that, especially if you're like, I might freelance and suddenly you're like, oh, I could, you know, write this off as tax or got enough for some 1099 tax stuff and trying to backtrack mm-hmm. that stuff is like, just find a good spreadsheet. There are those that exist. We have some with uh, tech tools and um, kind of just, even if you think you're only going to make, you know, like 300 bucks off some show, I think just starting that super early would have been good. I mean, I did, but getting a better uh, system in place is, I think, whether, like I said, whether or not you're like, this is just going to be a fun thing. Yeah. That you might have, you know, keep doing. Or it's you just still do good it. to track it and to keep. Mm-hmm. I, I think just, if you keep that practice early, tracking oh, yeah. your information and making sure is really helpful uh for a lot of things how much money you can also make sure that keeping track of where you worked so that when you get your paychecks you go Mm -hmm. so-and-so didn't pay me i need to call them or the ones that are like you work for this company but it's titled in this other company from iowa because that's where the check Mm -hmm. comes and then trying to track that nine months later is like what was that that i worked this one week with the 10 other places yeah um (laughs) but also just you know I'm not saying saying yes to every job because, I mean. Learn to say no every once in a while. Yeah. Well, that, that and just being like, you know, you work with somebody who's like, hey, can you work on, you know, I need an electrician over at this theater. And suddenly you're like, hey, you got in at this theater. We got the opportunity to work with these people. Um, if it works mm-hmm. out in your schedule and it's not, you know, super stressful and don't, you know, overload your work schedule. Because that's never good anyways. Um <laughs> And actually taking some days off. Um, Are you speaking from experience here? Uh, just a little bit. <laughs> just a little bit. Uh, um, yeah. No, I think, but I think, I mean, that's sort of how you, I mean, that's how you meet people. Yeah. Um, no. But I think even, even if you just, you know, look at, able to look at a handful of theaters, or even just like say one or two, 
but, you know, getting experience to do, you know, either learn something that you've not done or just stuff that you like. Um, yeah. I think is super important. Trying something new sometimes, because it might be the thing you love. Like, it might be the thing you love. Or, just be like, or you might learn that you're like, I hate programming a board. Now true. I know that's I'm true. not going to take board programming jobs, you know, like I'm not going to become a programmer because I hate it. Or I love it. I love sitting there pushing and being the one who knows the sequence of yep. the whatever. Mm-hmm. Both no, valid true. jobs. <laughs> it is true. And you need all of the above. So it's, yeah. Yeah. No, it, uh, and, I, and I think it is, uh, I was talking to someone else the other day and it's kind of like, you just meet so many people. And they kind of pop up, like, I think this person's from this thing, but this person out in New York because they came to the, you know, like, it's sort yeah. of crazy just how large but small our, our entire industry, whether that's lighting or just the theater in general, union yeah. in general is. But I think that's also great because just the amount of opportunities are just networking, unknowingly, but networking. Yeah. Um, it's great. Like Meet people where you are. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, is there anything else that you would like to share or talk with about on this? So. Oh, well, I'd like to thank you for coming and yeah, chatting you. with us. <laughs> thank you for joining us for this episode of We Shadows. If you enjoyed it, please recommend it to your friends, colleagues, and students. If you loved it, like us on Facebook, and please hit the follow or subscribe button on your chosen podcast platform. We Shadows was created by Liaza Barons, Rachel Lanto, and Anita Kelling. It was recorded over Zencaster and produced by Anita Kelling. Our theme music was composed and performed by J. William Kelsch. Special thanks go out to the wonderful folks at Technicians for Change. We Shadows can be found wherever you search for your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in this week, and be sure to check us out every Wednesday for new episodes.